knows it's the same he, night. The, the joke trophy is currently in his possession. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it's not coming back this way. <laughs> the joke trophy. Oh, Look, you, you've been handing that thing back and forth for, you know, for weeks now, right? It's like one day it's just going to land somewhere in the center and then we'll have a monkey knife fight for it or something. All right, let's try that again. All right. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's a and monkey knife fight. You've never had a monkey, you've never seen a monkey knife fight? So you just do monkey's knife and then you bet on who was going to win. Isn't no, <laughs> it's I'm in trees. It's insane. And yet disturbed at the I've same time. I've never seen the monkey. There's a there's a monkey knife fight. I've only seen in Simpsons. Yeah, I've only seen the Simpsons. Oh, the oh, Simpsons like, like yeah, I've seen that. Fight. Okay. Right. Except we're the we're the monkeys with knives and we're fighting it out to see who gets the joke. I don't know, I thought I thought that was a legitimate thing. Like you had monkeys knives. That could not involve anyone involved. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Because right, no one's seen Planet of the Apes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, knives are fine. Guns. <laughs> All right, I apologise. I'll, I'll try and I'll, I'll be better this time. Okay, guys. So. And remember, it's thirty, not twenty-nine. Oh god. Mean me do count good now. <laughs> me no speak well either. Oh god. Engineering short. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode number 30 of the Board Game Gateway podcast, this time with no Matt, but we have once again three hosts sitting around the table with myself. We have, to my right, Mr. Blake. Hello. To my other right, Mr. Ralph. Hello, everyone. And to my left, joining us officially as a host from this point onwards, we'd like to welcome Mr. Damien to the podcast once again. Hey. Hi. Thanks for having me. There he is. Oh, well, thank you for coming back in again. Yes, that's right. We uh, have officially welcomed Damien into the uh, ranks of uh, host. You are now no longer a guest. That means we're going to have to kick you out of, the, out of the house. You have to go find your own your own big boy in the world, okay? Yeah, look, uh, unfortunately, Nice started asking for rent and um, city rent prices are just ridiculous at the moment. So, that, no, uh, cardboard box on the street. Here we come. Yeah, and he's just trying to fund his next Kickstarter. <laughs> I'm sure, look, from the amount of games that you have, you could you know, rum, you know, rumble up something from there. You know, you know. I'm convinced I'm sure. that uh, our other host, Matthew, has brought Damien onto the podcast just for another excuse to dodge me. That's- well, look, we haven't sacked Matthew at all. <laughs> yeah. Just want to put that out there. No one's gone and right I, away. I do want to say, he's only been on one episode with me and he hasn't been on another episode since since so maybe oh. it's not you oh, well. maybe it's me oh who knows oh look that's a very that's very good we'll have to look tune into episode 31 next Mate, week to the find out the box was last week okay <laughs> i don't want to open another box oh god if this is the first time you are listening to the board game gateway podcast we are a podcast about board games quite obviously yeah tabletop games and uh fun times and uh look we are hoping to be your entryway into the world of this wonderful hobby that we have um and tonight we're going to be talking about a couple of games um we're going to be talking about um a game that blake and ralph have been playing uh which is bang the dice game we're then going to have a chat about our gateway game of the week which is this week the mind and it's uh follow up the mind extreme and then we're going to go into our discussion topic which this week is going to be reigniting the old flame we'll talk about that when we get to it but to start off the podcast after uh you know this what has been a shambles of a start if you will gentlemen <laughs> i'd like to pass it to ralph uh, Ralph and to Blake to tell us about Bang the Dice Game. Yeah, um, so I mean, Bang the Dice Game is an interesting game. It definitely um, took me by surprise. I don't know about you, Ralph. Have you played it before this, or no, I haven't. Um, and as it was explained to me, uh, Rob actually taught me this game twice actually <laughs> very quick succession uh, not because the game's complex it's just two different occasions that we decided to play it because we had a, f- a spare half hour after playing something else um it just reminded me a bit of king of tokyo uh, a little bit but yeah uh, you haven't played that one um but on the surface for this one it sort of looks like a social deduction game in your style of mafia or uh werewolf that sort of you know we're all going to get hidden rolls and, you know, the bad guys are going to try and defeat the good guys. Yeah. Um, that's that sort of thing. Um, but it has a hidden layer behind it. So basically you're all going to get deal, dealt rolls. You're all going to have, uh, there's six dice that you're going to roll in your turn and uh, you're going to have an amount of health. Now, everyone also gets given a character, which is separate from your role. So you can have different matches. Um, and your character is also going to have a special ability on it as well. Yeah. So basically you're going to take it in turns um was it the sheriff goes first yeah so um 
everyone knows the character you are. Each character has a unique ability. And what I like about the game as well, there's like 20 or so characters in the game. Mm. So it's pretty, you know, it's very asynchronous and a lot of variety there. Mm -hmm. But um, you get dealt your secret role, but the sheriff is publicly revealed. So everyone knows who the sheriff is. Yeah. Um, So, and then, you know, you're going to take it in turns. You're going to roll the six dice and uh, each face of the dice is going to have different icons. Um, Some of the icons include like the number one, which means you can shoot and take one health um, off the person either to your left or to your right. Um, you're going to have a number two, which means you can shoot someone two spaces to your left or to your right. Um, you're going to have other other icons like the dynamite, which you cannot re-roll. If you hit three dynamites, you're going to take a life, uh, a loss of life, and, and it then ends your turn, ends your turn yeah. immediately. What's really cool? Um, oh yeah, yeah. There's one more. It's the Gatling gun. Yes, yes. Yeah. So if you roll three Gatling guns, everyone at the table gets hit once, <laughs> nice. and um, the uh, you. Discard all your arrows, which is another face of the dice where there's going to be a pile of arrows in the middle. Um, if you roll an arrow, you take it immediately. And then um, once all the arrows are taken from the middle, basically the Indians attack and you take damage equal to the amount of arrows you have in front of you. Yeah, the arrows is probably my favorite mechanic mm. because like when you land on the, like the arrow, like Blake said, you actually take the arrow straight up. It's in front of you. And when there's no arrows left in the middle, so there's like seven or ten arrows, I'm not sure how many there are, but everyone who has an arrow in front of them, they get hit once for each arrow. So you can have like 10 health and you have six arrows in front of you. All yeah. of a sudden you're down to four. Right, uh, it's right. just, but it's like a flood. Like the, the Indians just attack and everyone just gets sweeped. And it's all, yeah, it's pretty cool. So <laughs> nice. you guys mentioned that it has a bit of that. So obviously on the surface, it has this, I can attack the people to my left and my right. If I have a pistol, I'm assuming if I have like a, a derringer that's, you know, or mm. like a, you know, some, some sort of bigger gun or a shotgun, I can shoot people two or three away. Um, but you did kind of mention that this does have that trader mechanic. So it's like the sheriff. And yep. then, so the sheriff doesn't know who his like deputy is and things like that. And- yes, correct. So, I mean, in the amount that we played with four, there was um, five, sorry. There was a sheriff, two outlaws, um, the deputy and the renegade who's sort of on their own team. Yeah. Um, now, yeah, I, I started playing this as a social deduction game. That's what I saw on the base level. Yeah. And in the first game, I made the mistake. I was an outlaw and um, Rob was sitting to my left. I didn't know he's my, um, he was the other outlaw. Um, I had an inkling, but I had the choice whether to shoot him or and kill him mm-hmm. or shoot someone else. And everyone at the table had basically decided he was the outlaw because he damaged the sheriff. Mm-hmm. So I had to kill him to hide my role. And then the game just, I killed my, my only ally and I got, yeah I got smoked from yeah. there. Yeah. Which led me to realize this is more than just hide your role. You can be, once your role is revealed, that's not the end of the game for you. You've still got actual gameplay here. Like you actually have life. Yeah. You've got, you know, you can still shoot your way out. You know, if you, your, you and your outlaw buddy get revealed but yep. it's two on two you've still got a 50 percent chance to win that base on your dice because you're kind of telling like if if people know you're the outlaw the other outlaw also knows you're the outlaw so yeah. they won't hit you and they'll start helping you as well yeah which is definitely quite cool. yeah. uh you mentioned that like this has sort of elements of king of tokyo um in yeah. the game so the question's like king of tokyo in my household with with my kids especially is an absolute favorite it's one of it's one of the board games you have a look at you compare the games in my, my collection. If you want to find a game that has a battered box, King of Tokyo is it. It makes it to the table regularly because it is so accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, is Bang the Dice game? Would you say it has? It is just as as accessible to kids, or do you think it is that little bit may maybe a step too far? I'd say it it is depending on the kids. Like you yeah. know your kids best than anyone else would. Um, because there is that thing where there was one game, for example, I was the outlaw and I hit the sheriff first turn and everyone's like, oh, Ralph hit the sheriff. He's definitely an outlaw. And I'm like, oh, I didn't realize he was the sheriff. <laughs> oh, crap. Maybe I should have. Can I take that back? And people were like, no, no, don't do that. A kid probably wouldn't try to go for that little bluff, yeah. um, that sort of thing. So yeah. there, there is that little social element. Uh, so I think if a, if a kid's good with that sort of social element and they can sort of piece together the puzzle in front of them, like how do I kill the sheriff without knowing, without revealing who I am, that I am a bad guy, they will get it. Mm. Uh, we haven't explained, um, we've explained the sheriff. They just need to be alive at the end of the game. They need to kill the outlaws as well, okay? Um, 
the deputies on the sheriff's team. Uh, and the most complicated rule is the renegade. Right. So the renegade role is they have to be the last player alive. Mm-hmm. However, I was the renegade and I killed the sheriff ending the game and I was not the last player alive. Mm. So I need to make sure as the renegade, I killed the deputy, I've killed the outlaws and it's just me and the sheriff yeah, in a shootout. Yeah. I didn't realize that. So there are some rules here that it doesn't have a reference card for that might be a bit hard for a kid to track if they draw like the renegade card. Yeah, for uh, I, st- I still think it's, I still think it could be worth giving a shot. One thing I'll say is that it always amazes me just how good kids are. They like, are impressive, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, any form of social deduction or reading a table or things like that. They I can don't, surprise I, you. I don't know if it's because they're, they're, they're underestimated, yeah. but it, it never ceases to amaze me and how I, many times I've lost it. Some sort of <laughs> any game, anything that has some element of uh, social deduction at a table, and it will be a eight, nine, ten year old kid who'll outdo me. Definitely, so, yeah. and I think as well, you got to take in consideration. Of course, it's player elimination in this sort yeah. of game, and you know if a kid's playing and people decide that they're the outlaw, and you know start a, I guess ganging up or you know that sort of thing, that can be a bit disheartening in that way. Um, for this style of game, but yeah. that's that's the type of game that it like is. Like, I definitely if, know the kids that again, I would have yeah, played a player elimination yeah, game with. Exactly. It's, it's, <laughs> no, it's no the kid. If their kids are up for that sort of deal and they know the style of that type of game, definitely oh, it's a great game to play. So cool. I haven't actually played Bang the Dice game. I have uh, played and I do own Bang the original game. The card game. The card game, yep. yeah. So, uh, Which I haven't played, so I can't really. Yeah, it does sound like it's pretty much the exact same sort of game, except the, the only difference being is that, you know, a bit more random random chance in terms of right i roll the dice and i deal yeah. with what i have in yeah. front of it's me it's push your than... luck like it's like do i want to roll that dice again yeah to risk that dynamite or to risk that more arrow that, that sort of that, thing. that does sound like yeah. the one of the things that i do think the original game so like this is actually now 10 years old uh bang the dice game was released in 2013 uh yeah. bang the original game the card game was released in 2002 so wow. that's 21 years old now um, so it's been around for a long time. However, one of the things you did kind of mention, but we haven't really talked about, is the fact that so you do have your um, your uh, loyalty cards, but you, there are these asynchronous character cards, and each of them have these. Each yeah, ability. so I mentioned there's like a good 20-card deck, so yeah, yeah. there's a lot of variety. So the, yeah. the brilliant thing about that with young kids, which we were talking about, is the fact that you can just get rid of those out of the game. You can say, we're not yeah. playing with yeah. those today. And so for the kids, if you're thinking, well, maybe it's one step too far, you just go, okay, we'll just deal with the, the trader mechanics for today. And then we can add in that variability oh, at a later date and go, okay. Let alone the kids, I think about three or four times, someone at the table's like, oh, I forgot my guy could re-roll dynamite. Like, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. can happen. It's, just, it's like, there's one rule on your card, man. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that that's the game's attempt at introducing a little bit more replayability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not sure how much how well that achieves look, I, it. I liked it because I look I played it two nights in a row and we didn't just play one game of it we played like four or five mm. each night um, I appreciated the replayability you know it gave me more options yeah that it, sort of thing like does. whereas one's like discard an arrow if you lose a life I'm like mm. sweet I don't mind arrows now yeah so, yeah. yeah. Do, do you think that this game as well given the fact that it does have a trader mechanic and all that kind of stuff in it works better dependent on the group it's very group dependent do you, do you look, think yes. that or do you think like for example because this is dice you could be absolutely boned by some dice rolls do you think like how does this game work yeah. especially given the fact Actually, that there Blake are... was boned by some well, dice like, rolls well, <laughs> well that's the thing given that there are player in, yeah. elimination in this sort of game do you think that that kind of uh, that luck dependency can you know do these pl- powers help you know what do you reckon I, about that stuff? i mean personally i didn't find the powers too impactful but that could have just been the powers that i got i think one of them was whenever a gatling gun goes off you ignore that damage it's one damage it's not that big of a deal yeah. and i think the gatling gun only went off once maybe twice in about three or four games right so it felt I did have more health to compensate for a weaker ability, but it just didn't feel as impactful. Yeah. Things like, like that. Like, for example, like one ability I had was normally you need three Gatling gun icons to trigger the hit everyone once, but my character only needed two. And I rolled two in my first roll, and you get two re-rolls, right? I thought, if I get another pair of two, does that hit everyone again? The answer is no, because it's the rule is literally like two or more you hit everyone once right, yeah. okay. so it's kind of each rule is kind of balanced it's not overpowered okay yeah. okay 
But Blake, so, how did you get dicked on your rolls, mate? Mate, uh, I think it was, I was the sheriff, so um, I, I rolled first, and I rolled all three, all six of my dice, and I three dynamite came up. Bang! I take a health, and that's my turn over. So, uh, nice. went over to the next person, we went around the table, round. full round, came back to me, rolled three, bang, three dynamite, and <laughs> it was a great that sheriff. That was my turn over. But in saying that. That didn't dick me over too much. I don't think you can get dicked over too much by random chance in mm. here. Because even so, that gave... What I found out is that gave me, rather than just shooting people, because if you draw damage yeah. dice, you can't not shoot people. Yeah, It gave me a chance to sort of survey the table. I'd only taken yeah, two damage to true. myself. And let sort of let the table reveal itself before I started taking any actions. And, okay. aim, and I think by the time it came around to you again, you've realized I was an outlaw. <laughs> 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 like, it's such a fun game where you start thinking, okay, I rolled those hits. Who do I hit? Whereas King of Tokyo is more like, okay, I'm in Tokyo. I'm going to hit everyone. Like, you don't really think about yeah. who you're hitting. Yeah. This right. one you do. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I will say, uh, Blake, welcome to the uh, Can't Roll Dice and Shit Club. <laughs> um, I'm the chairman of this club. Welcome. Although, you know, in our other game, which we'll mention later, I did roll quite well. So I think it, I think it balanced itself out. You did well, really freaking well. <laughs> All right. So we'll move on from there, which is that was Bang the Dice game. I do have to give a shout out to the credits. Obviously, designer by Michael Palm and Lucas Zach were our two designers there. So, And I want to thank Rob for showing us that game as well. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Big shout out to Rob um, as well. So we'll move on uh, from Bang the Dice game. We're going to now move to our gateway game of the week. Moving from a game. Uh, with uh, dice we'll move back to the card realm we'd like to have a chat today about an oldie but a goodie I say oldie it's not that old I guess Um, but we're going to talk about the mind and it's uh, follow up the mind extreme so Ralph I'd like you to take us through uh, and take the the people at home uh, the mind which was uh, sorry to be released in 2018 so five years old which yeah could be a bit old in the board I game feel scene. old saying that this game is five years old. <laughs> uh, yeah. But the mind did feature on our uh, top 10 gateway games uh, quite a few episodes ago. It it's did. a game that we all pretty much love. But for those that don't know what it is, essentially you're all on a team uh, and there's 100 cards in a deck of cards, right? And they all have numbers 1 to 100. And the, the deck, basically, the game has levels and you start on level 1. And on level 1, every player gets dealt one card. Now, the aim of the game is everyone has to play a card in in sequence order from 1 to 100, mm-hmm. okay? You can't skip any numbers. So if I have number 70 and someone plays 89, that can't happen. If it does, we lose a life because I should have played my card first. So it sounds pretty simple, just putting your cards in numbered order, right? The catch is you can't talk during this. Or give signals. Yep. Or make hand motions. Or yep. give the other the raised eyebrow. Yeah, <laughs> can't that's do right. that. And um, that's pretty much the game. That's level one anyway, where you get one card each. Then after you do that, you go to level two and you get two cards each. And then after you do that, you go to level three and you get three cards each. And the game plays the exact same way. Now, if you play four players, you you actually start with life life points equal to the number of players that you have. So if you're playing a three-player game, you have three lives. Um, And every time you sort of play a card out of sequence, you lose a life. Okay? Even if you were to play multiple cards, you still just lose lose one life, which is really interesting. I've been playing that wrong wrong for years. But um, um, there is one other rule. There is a power ability called a ninja star. I don't know why it's a ninja star, but it's a ninja star. <laughs> totally random. <laughs> yep. things. Yeah. Yes. Like, why are there rabbits in here? Don't know. Yeah, there's know pictures what? of rabbits on the on the speaking box. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of theme, this one does not land its theme. The only theme it has From is last week. the word is the mind, yeah. um, because you're trying to be on the same wavelength as other players. Um, but what the ninja star is is if you find yourself as a team. In a really tough spot, you know, you, you look you look around, multiple people want to play a card and you don't know which card to play in what order. You think there's a chance of losing a life here because the game gets tense because the levels are hard. You don't re- really regain many lives. The game gets pretty close. So what a ninja star is, is when that time happens, a player can raise their hand and all other players have to raise their hand as well. That's agreeing to use a ninja star. And what that means is everyone takes the lowest number from their hand and puts it face up in front of their person. Mm. So that way everyone can see on the table the lowest card 
and then gameplay resumes. Okay, so you will typically play your lowest card next and go in order, but that's not always the case because someone could still hold a card that's lower than your lowest card. So you yeah. want to be careful because you could lose a life that way. What do you boys think of the mind? Love it. Yeah, absolutely Fantastic. love it. Crack up. Great game. <laughs> it oh, is brilliant. It was a, quite high on my list for a reason. It's so simple, so fun, gets everyone involved, and it for a game with no communication, it gets quite excited the the game itself is as you said so simple it's just playing cards from lowest to highest and with no communication no talking i do love how the game starts with the you all have to start your hand and on the table the melt yeah the mind melt and then at some point it's like okay and then without talking when everybody removes their hand from the table it's game on right it's just like they take this moment to get and it is really really funny the first time you play this game and someone just goes okay cool i'm just gonna play the seven and everyone goes no what are you <laughs> doing <laughs> there's a low card my, like, no. my favorite thing in the game is just is when you get to the higher levels you're four and you're five and mm. you still got all these lives and you're thinking we're doing this. We're amazing. Look at us. Yeah. And then the very next level, we just burn lives. And what's going on? It's all gone so bad. So there are 12 levels that you could potentially play up to with four players. Yeah. Um, uh, four players is even less than 12. Oh, there may be 10. Yeah, I think it's, it's 10. 10 levels. Yeah, because yeah, it, it, it scales for the player. Yeah, yeah. And so, but the game itself is, it. this is the epitome of a game that people don't think is a game because it's like, well, there's no like quote unquote game here mm, right yeah. like there's no mechanics I just ask, though, have any of you boys beaten it no uh, myself and georgie we got to like level 11 once when we did it like you, oh, you one versus one though. yeah we did yeah. b12 because like yeah. we had like one life to get through it and then at one point it's like so the if you've ever played the mind what ends up happening is the first couple of rounds people start getting really calm and then what will happen is it just <laughs> takes <flying>. one person <laughs> for example will play like a 33 and yeah. then one person very quick fire will play the 35 they've been holding in their hands like oh crap and then someone miraculously has the 34 yeah. and looks at them with dagger and go what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And that one motion of someone like getting antsy, just it's amazing how that feeling perforates throughout the, the people at the table. Cause you're like, as soon as one person starts getting antsy, you, you can't talk to them. So you can't yell at them. Calm the fuck down. <laughs> Calm down. Right? Cause they're just, uh, uh, just like, Oh God. And once that happens, all of a sudden the whole table is just like, all right, well now we're at, we're playing to his speed, whatever this is. Yeah, she, yeah. Like, or she, you know, I, I love it. I think, I think one of my favorite things that I heard recently um, that involved the mind, and I think it was one of you guys that told me where it was actually a group of musicians were able to consistently beat the game yeah. because they maintained a 4-4 beat in their head. And because, again, they're all musicians. That wasn't me. Maybe um, Matt, yeah, maybe Matt so told you this. It's easy to do it. Like, if you have people that are good with tempo, mm. yeah, you could it. easily play it on the bar chord, like on the bar of music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. Um, yeah, on so the, that's that, that's my that's where the mind, why I stopped playing it. As soon as I figured out four people with good timing can just blitz through it. Just kind of talk it out. It's not head. a game yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's And it's become an activity not a game mm. for yeah. me. See, I don't play it at that four count anymore. It, the game box says two to four, but I actually play this game now with eight to ten players. And we, we just we, we stuff the levels off. We just say, right, it doesn't yeah. matter about the game. We'll give everyone one card, and if we get through it, we'll go to two. Yeah. And then we'll just see how many levels we can get through as a team. And it's really funny because some of my family members just cannot <laughs> not communicate. <laughs> they just <laughs> cannot with this idea of like, it's like shut up it's like no like but one of my favorite moments in the mind every time to watch is that if you have someone who has a 99 and someone who has a hundred because yeah. yeah. both of them are just like i don't want to move see, i'm right. gonna move and you see the person with the hundred just goes i'm not gonna move and the 99 person goes i'm not gonna move either <laughs> and then eventually you start to see the layers of doubt creep into the 99 <laughs> person's face like yeah huh? mate mate Hmm? How like, but do you do have the 100 or do you have a 98 and you're yeah. trying to be better than me? You just watch this internal <laughs> monologue struggle in their face and it's one of the greatest moments to see them finally go, 99? <laughs> and there's like, yay! Or there's the 100s. It's so, one so of my favorite moments. Let me tell you, right? So to me, the mind, fantastic. I've overplayed it. I put it away. I haven't got it out for a while. Those moments that you were just saying, they happen at the normal play accounts for the mind extreme every time well let's talk about the mind extreme so we've talked about the mind and why that's great so let's talk about the extreme because you i'll hand that one over to blake to explain yeah so so let's take what's different about the mind extreme compared to the mind right Right. so the mind extreme 
takes the exact same concept, except now you are playing with two sets of cards all in the same deck. One are the same as your regular cards, except they now go from one up to 50. And on the other side of your level deck, you're going to have another set of cards, red ones, which play from down from 50 to one. Oh, oh no. wow. So <laughs> you're going to play both of these decks simultaneously. Oh, no. You don't get one red and one blue. So you knew, you know exactly what everyone has. You're going to deal them out one the, the, each, same you, as normal. The level one, you get one card each. And yeah. you may have four reds at the table. Oh, you may no. have any sort of... <laughs> combination of the cards, but you have no idea which combination that is. Both myself and Damien are sitting here shaking that, our heads. That's just, just chaos. Now, let me tell you, it Media sounds chaos. like chaos, and it is. <laughs> 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 However, yeah. it is controlled chaos, yeah, okay. and it is amazing. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine just I'm, now, my mind is immediately going, oh, no, because now yeah. you have to keep track of two things. I oh. think a lot of people, a, a fair few times, someone would put a red down one and snap it down instantly. You go, no, that's the last one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just remembering which deck goes up and which deck goes down, people forget. Now, <laughs> those issues with the with the original mind, you know, keeping time and tempo, they become a lot harder in this. You, all of a it's sudden, impossible. cards are flying yeah. on one end. And you completely lose the timing of the other deck. I think that happened with me. Yeah, I, like I think who playing on the right and Ralph's played one on the red and went, no, I had one before that. And he goes, well, it's been there for about thirty seconds. Yeah, that's right. I, I'll play like forty-eight here on on the deck that's meant to go down, and everyone's playing cards in the blue, and I let that forty-eight sit there for a while. And then I'll play 35 and people start yelling at me <laughs> because they were looking at the blue deck and not the red deck. <laughs> now, I can imagine. This game also has one further wrinkle to it. Oh, no. And this is when you get go More up in chaos. levels. It starts on level three. Now, on your level card, you're going to have a hand symbol to one side of your deck. And what that indicates is that color on that side you need to play face down. Oh, oh no. What? See, oh, no. So, so the red side still is the same and the blue side still the same. So you the don't. only difference is it's face so down. So you have no idea. You have no idea if you've right. made a mistake. You have no idea where you're up to until the end. And let me tell you, this This is where I started to think, you know, okay, this is getting a little bit ridiculous. Probably the original might be enough. But when you get at the end and you're sitting there and you, you're going, okay. There's a reveal. reveal There's yeah. a reveal. And then- You've got it right. There's nothing better. Everyone you- cheers. We did it, guys. I was gonna. I was gonna say from talking to you, what you've just said, and we've talked a lot about your gaming experiences and moments on the for gateway games. That honestly does sound like the moment you get it. Yeah. You're just like, that yeah. is the best feeling we've ever had. <laughs> I'm think, the yeah. best man in the we, world. We played a few hands of this, and Blake and I looked at each other and we're like, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, when I first had it explained to me, I thought this is, they've put too much in it. You know, it's too much. It's just, it's taken away from the simplicity of the game, which yep. I think is the core of the success of the first game. Um, but I think it keeps that simplicity. Even though there are two things to focus on, it's the same level of simplicity. You're doing the same thing. It just adds Adds another layer of the same stuff to it, and oh. I think it. I think it does success- so the, successfully. The rules are the exact same, but the ninja style works a little bit differently. So you no longer just show your lowest card. What you do do is you still show your lowest. Bl- you can choose. You can sh- either show your lowest blue card or your highest red card. Uh, okay. Is there uh, a so way there's to that communicate choice? that? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, the, you communicate that by showing the card. I don't know, but I mean, like, is it like one hand to show the blue card or no? The other hand show it's the up red to the card. player. No. So well, you could some person <laughs> show a red and then other everyone else shows a blue and you're like, oh well, that doesn't help. <laughs> and I, I'm I'm sorry, I'm, I'm I'm assuming everyone has to put the card face down, face up, and then. Oh yes. Oh yeah, yeah. That's how we do it. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, because because timing becomes it influences your decision. That's right. Yeah, and that's interesting when one of the cards, like say the right hand red cards, have to be put face down. It's interesting when you reveal that, and then everyone still stares at each other like, "What should we do?" (laughs) You're waiting for someone to pick up their card and place it on the face down pile. (laughs) So, so. Following on from what you were saying there, Blake, how you said, you know, it did feel like there could potentially be at the start, feel like there's too much complexity. Mm. Do you think that the mind extreme, you could start with, you know, maybe a shortened deck of like, say, zero to 51? Or do you think you'd still go the mind as the initial, 
you know, stepping point. I guess this is for you as Ralph, you as well, Ralph, which is do you think that this replaces the mind? Do you think it's a step? Do you think, you know, what, what do you think the place of the mind extreme is compared to its uh, younger brother? For me, I think this entirely replaces the mind. Ooh, I wouldn't play the mind anymore. Okay. If I wanted to teach someone, I would probably just play with a shortened deck of 50 and just to show them the concept of one yeah, deck. That's good okay. idea. And then move. And then once they've got that comfortable, move on to using both decks. Okay. Yeah. I think for me, this just completely replaces everything about the mind and it's mm. it, it blows it out of the water. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree wholeheartedly there. Just, you know how you, you play games? Like we are just talking about Bang, where you slowly introduce rules. Like you might take certain things out to show yeah. kids. This is the exact same thing. You know, it's just one little rule that you that you add, you know, and, and putting your card face down it's introduced from level three. And by that time, you're already in a little bit of a sink anyway. Okay. And it sounds impossible to do, but we did it fairly consistently. I think we did it more than we didn't. And that mm. was, yeah. I have to tell you my favorite moment of when we played this game, actually. Blake knows what's coming here. <laughs> so we, I think we're playing at three players, my brother, Blake, and myself. And you play two two things. But this one, I think there was the red pile. We, no, the blue pile we had to put face down. Okay. Anyway, so we're just playing our cards. We're playing, you know, the red card face up. I play a blue card face down. My brother plays a blue card face down. And then we're just playing the game. And you're not supposed to talk, but we're just having a bit of a giggle here and there. And Blake's like, mm, guys, I think I think we've lost this one. And he puts a card down on the face down blue pile. We continue playing the round. You know, we finished. It was like it was level five or something. And now it's time for the reveal where we grab the face down pile and we go from the top to see if we put them in order, right? We get all the way down to 10. I think it was a two of two, a three and a one or something. Anyways, Blake played a two as the third or fourth card (laughs) in that pile. And we only found out after the game was over. <laughs> so Blake was there silently going, I think we lost, guys. And we're, like, playing seriously. And I'm like, how did he not lose his cool? <laughs> oh, God, I can't even imagine. And then we just burst out laughing. We're like, what's this two doing between a 17 and a 15? Uh, I, was, I was watching the wrong deck. And then I didn't even see the two in my hand until I, And then I looked back. I'm like, okay, now what have I got to... Oh, that's a two... <laughs> And there's definitely more than two cards already there. But I, I, can, I can see already where this changes it from being less of an activity and more of a mm. game and, again. And that was my next yeah. my next follow-up question, is, which yeah. is, so one of the big things that the mind gets played with now is the fact that we use it in like Goobicon or like with big yeah. family events where we can say, screw the player count. We're just going to have as many, like we have eight people around the table. Yeah. Everyone gets a card. Let's have some fun. Could I do that with the mind Look, extreme? You can, but for me, what makes the mind great is the challenge of completing it. Okay. And I'd rather sit down with three or four people and try to beat this game. I think yeah. I think only if you're yeah, if I think if you're playing in that scenario where you're just throwing the throwing the player count out the window and you're just playing for fun. I think you stick with the mind. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Fair enough. Well, that's good to know that it has a place, but also sounds like that the mind does take probably listened to a few of the different things and said, okay, let's try and make it a bit more of a challenge and actually find uh, a bit more of a communication network. I do want to say that in the base game of the mind, um, I only tried it once because I've only beaten it the once with three players. Uh, Once you beat the game, you're actually meant to continue playing from level one, but you play the whole game face down. Uh. So you're supposed to go from level one to level 10. We tried that. We only got to level three, uh, but... We only beat the game the proper way once. So the idea is that those four or three players are so in sync, you can do this Without, with the power yeah. of your mind. Yeah. yeah. Okay, interesting. So this just sort of, t- the Mind Extreme just took that rule and sort of just threw it into the middle levels just to make it that extra bit interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. All right. Well, that was our gateway game, or gateway games, I guess you could say, of the week, which is the Mind and the Mind Extreme. Both have a place in your collection. It's up to you to figure out which one uh, that that one is. So the reason why we picked the Mind, um, it came off the back of the fact that we had Bang the Dice game, which was released in 2013. We had the Mind, which was released in 2018, which was, you know, in terms of board gaming 
it is kind of old. I mean, it's not that old in terms of you know, real life, but it does feel like so many games have come out since the mind. Um, but it does have a place. And we thought Ralph had a very great uh, idea here, which is, well, let's actually talk about games that we've played that are older games that we maybe have wanted to reignite the flame of. That idea of like, this is a game which has been sitting in my collection and is maybe a, a bit of an older game, such as games that Damien and I, we've talked about in a couple of weeks back. We talked about Tigris and Euphrates, which yep. was a very, uh, an older game. But then we've discovered to try and reignite the flame and go back and look at those games. And um, we thought, well, let's do that tonight. Let's have a chat about that. Let's bring up some games that we um we we put in that category and maybe there may be games that we've tried to reignite the flame again that still we're like you know that they, they don't hold up anymore and i'd like to hear about those as well i'm sure the audience would so uh look uh damien let's start with you here let's talk yeah. about games that uh you know you've tried to reignite the flame with and uh, whether or not it was successful or not yeah um i think um like my collection has a number of older games um easily the oldest game that i have in my collection um, is Crocodile. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's been spoken about a bunch on this podcast. Um, for those who haven't caught on, it is a um, flicking game. So it's a dexterity game. It is amazing. I'm not going to talk too much about it because that's actually not the game that I want to talk about here. Um, but that's probably the oldest one. And that one is always a banger every single time. But the game I revisited recently is actually Werewolf. Uh, okay. 1986 was originally it's 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 origination date um it was originally a just a social experiment um and the reason why i revisited um that game is because i've been playing a ton of blood on the clock tower particularly with ralph and um i've consistently said that this game replaces werewolf for me um, but we played um we played werewolf online with a number of my colleagues um at work and it still does hold up um, with the right group. Mm. Uh, my particular experience, and I've had similar experiences to this, but apparently I just have one of those faces where I suggested, let's play werewolf. So immediately that, that meant you're the werewolf. I'm the yeah. werewolf. Yep, no matter what happens. So first Sounds game. Sounds like werewolf talk coming from that mic over there. Pretty much. <laughs> yep. So first game, um, I basically got lynched almost immediately. And second game, I was to I was people were talking about lynching me almost straight away, and I said, "Look, I'm here to play a game. This is really you just want to get out of meetings, don't you? you? But were you the werewolf in the second game? That's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> the point is that I got out of it. I was the werewolf, and I won that second nice. game as a werewolf. Nice. But, um, yeah, look, werewolf absolutely still holds up. It, it is it is still group dependent." You yeah, have, very much. You have to be okay with player elimination because, mm-hmm. unfortunately, um, the role the, if you are lynched, you're out of the game. That's it. You can't vote. You can't talk. You really can't communicate. Go get a coffee. Um, it's one saving grace that it generally is pretty quick. Um, if the right again group dependent, right groups there, they will keep the game going. How many players did you play with with your work group? We played with seven. Oh, that's I think the limit. I wouldn't go any more. Really, I, I agree. I, I I agree. I I do I do agree. Um, it helped that we were all experienced. Yeah, okay. uh, with the game, so we all knew. Um, obviously, werewolf. I think it's what what there have been a ton of editions of werewolf in the last near forty years now. Um, there are more and more roles involved with some of the more recent editions. Yeah. I think it's um, at some point. Oh, yeah. Uh, I will say still, that is Werewolf better than Clock Tower or anything like that? No. no. Um, but at a smaller group count, I think Werewolf does hold. Yep. Um, still, still does hold I'm, quite, I'm quite well. I'm um, interested, what's your take on One Night? One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Ooh. So I'm one, not sure. One, I don't don't I don't think I've played that. One Night Ultimate Werewolf fixes Werewolf for me. Right. And my biggest problem with Werewolf is the fact that someone doesn't play the game. Because ah, the okay. the werewolf has to kill someone mm-hmm. on the first night. Yeah. Before you've had a chance. There's no point in revealing any information on the fir- before the first night. And then the werewolf kills someone and whoever they killed just says, sorry, guys, you don't get to play this game. You're out of this round because you were, you were killed. Yep. Whereas One Night Ultimate Werewolf takes an app and it takes a narrator and then everyone gets given their roles. Then you go to sleep and the narrator will tell everyone to wake up and do something with their roles. And then you're not allowed to look at your cards 
once you oh, wake up. Okay. So not only are you trying to figure out who you are, there is a chance that you may have started as the werewolf, but someone potentially could have changed your role. So you need to not only figure out who you are, but you can tell people, I was this role yeah. and I did this. There's three also, One Night Ultimate Werewolf takes three different roles and puts them in the center face down so no one can see them. And then, so that means that gives the werewolves and other people a chance to look at a role and and go, okay, this is active in the game somewhere. Um, but yeah, One Night Ultimate Werewolf does does fix it. So I think we should play that with you. I think that Absolutely. Would... I would love to give that yeah, a go. And then, and then the game's played in one night. And, yeah, and that's it. Yeah, you have seven minutes that to figure. Cool. And if you, you seven, yeah. if you find the werewolf, you win. If you don't, the werewolf wins. Yeah. Oh. that's it. That's it. You say then at the end of seven minutes, everyone does a vote, and if you mm-hmm. or someone can initiate a vote before the seven minutes or however long the discussion period is, yep. and then you all vote. And if you if you kill a werewolf, you the, the town wins. If you don't, then the 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 villagers win. win. Mm-hmm. The nice. classic the classic is the tanner. The tanner is the guy who wants to be killed and if he wins he's the only exception to the rule the, the tanner gets voted he has a solo win and everyone else loses <laughs> i have gotten a miracle play as the tanner only once and it was brilliant but yeah i, I still my favorite my favorite memory of um one night and i think i've mentioned it on the pod before um where i was teaching my brother this game and he first time playing it we went him through how to play and he goes okay yep i've got it and he's, he's not a board gamer either. He doesn't, he's not involved in these games most of the time. And, you know, the narrator goes through the whole process. We all wake up. We go, okay, well, what's everyone's roles? And he just looks everyone straight down the canvas and goes, I'm the werewolf. Just straight up. Just, and we're all just speechless. We're like, you understand how to play this game, right? <laughs> You're not supposed to tell everyone that. He's like, yeah, I know. But that's who, that's who I am. So, like, is he the tanner? Is he just it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant yeah, play. Just it's playing a brilliant dumb, heads he? up play. It's <laughs> yeah. a brilliant heads up Threw play. Threw us all for a loop. It was, it nice, was fantastic. Nice. Yeah, I will I would absolutely love to give that that, that one a go. But yeah, um, Werewolf, like I said, I still think it holds up again. Group dependent, we had a blast. Um, it was fantastic being able to play that um online with some of my mates. Oh, yeah. well, that's great. That's a great open. It's a great opening bid from uh, the gentleman with the backwards cap over there. We're yep. going to open it up to anyone else. We'll go to Ralph uh, for your yeah, uh, sure. your reignition. So, um, I actually went back and played what I deem as my gateway game. Uh, this game actually got me into the hobby of board gaming. Um, I played Risk before that, but that was pretty much the extent of as complex as I got. Uh, but I was a big fan of the TV show, and one day I was walking past a game store in the city and saw it at the front. I thought, why not? I'll buy it. Could be terrible. Who cares? I'll give it a go. Uh, I played Spartacus on the weekend. Oh. Yeah, uh, I had Blake and a few friends and family over my place, um, and we got a five-player game of Spartacus in. Um, Blake, do you want to explain this game a little bit to people? Oh, well, it's my first time playing this game, and, and I loved it. But basically... Spartacus, based on the TV show, if, yeah. if you've seen the TV show, um, you're going to get given the role of of a Dominus, I believe, in in the Gladiator Arena, where you're trying to, you know, impress the crowds and increase your uh, your influence over the other Dominus. Yeah. So, right. um, you can set sort of set the game timer. You once you reach twelve influence, if you hold the influence to the end of whatever phase you're currently in, that's how you win the game. Um, now you're going to have different phases. Like, um, the opening phase is like your action phase where you're going to have a hand of cards. You get to play things like schemes, discard a few cards, sell some things for some money. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a very play interaction heavy game. So you're going to be playing schemes against other players. Yeah. You won't be making friends no. in this game. Definitely not, not at all. No right, chance. Okay. No chance. <laughs> um, once that phase is over, you're going to move into like a market phase where you can make deals with other players. This game's very open to deal making. And, right. you know, I can. I'll. Well, if you do that for me in the future turn, I, I will do this for you now. But again, no uh, deal set in. A deal is binding. No. No. Future no. deals. Are not no. 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 Not even. No. Oh, even. Not even. No. no. I could have a card that will basically say I'm going to get ten money. I'll, I'll give you five of that money. And you'd be like, sure, I'll help you play that card because say cards have influence values. If right. I'm on eight and you're on eight and the cards on, need 16 influence, I can ask you, Nick, can I have your help? I'll give you five coins. This card's going to give me 10 coins. And you're like, sure, I'll help you. I'll play it. I'll take all 10 coins for myself. 
or he doesn't even have to play that card. I could play a different card that makes you lose two points. It's, it's basically. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. So, I want to play this game yeah. so badly. You are entirely in the rules for me to do that. Yeah, well, I'm not making basically, friends. diplomacy yeah. rules essentially right there. Now yeah. give it back. Give what back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a brutal yeah. case. Okay. Yeah. So you're moving into this market phase where you're going to be doing sort of deals, selling off some of your assets, things like that. Um, you're going to move to an open market where you're going to draw from a market deck. Mm-hmm. Cards are going to come out such as slaves, gladiators, um, weapons, equipment, things of that nature. And everyone's going to bid basically on these cards. So you're going to put, take from your treasury. Everyone's going to put out their hand with a amount of coins in it. And everyone reveals at the same time, whoever mm-hmm. bids the most wins the card. Um, Tiebreakers, you're just going to put the carrier and bid again, just the people who tied right. until there's a winner. Um, if you're both still, if no one decides to bid any more money, the card just gets discarded. Right. Yeah. Um, now, once you're finished this phase, you're going to move into the actual gladiator battle. Um, during the bid phase, you're going to bid for the who's the host of this. Um, and the host gets to invite people into this arena. Right, okay. You're going to say, Damien, I officially invite you to battle in the arena. You can decline. Can I bring my pet lion? <laughs> you can? Yes. <laughs> um, if you decline, you're going to lose influence. Um, if you accept, then you're going to put one of your gladiators forward into the arena to invite... Or one of your slaves. Yes. Do they have a pet lion? No. Unfortunately not. No. (laughs) And the gladiators are going to fight in this little mini game, which I think was done pretty well. Yeah, the Um, the battle system is fantastic. It uses a lot of dice, but I'm fine with that. (laughs) But what's good about that is you don't have a lot of dice for long because dice are your health. Okay, so each gladiator and each... What I like about in the market phase... There's weapons, slaves, and gladiators, and each one of them is different. They all have some sort Mm. of different ability. They all sort of upsell themselves, and the deck's fairly huge, so you don't know what gladiators are going to come out during the game. Mm -hmm. Um, But the way the battle system works is you have your attack dice, your defense dice, and your speed dice. So speed are your initiative, and that will determine how far you can move and the speed is which your gladiator works. So you can get try and time the first hit in the fight. Right. And when you get hit, uh, say your opponent deals three hits to you. You're taking dice out of your dice pool. Uh, okay. Okay. So you your your gladiator is getting weaker during yeah. the fight, yeah. and that could make you move less. And the other gladiator has all the speed, so they're constantly hitting you yeah. and running away. And you know, just so, you know, you might think I might not need to move. Yeah. Um, so you can take it away from your speed dice, but then you're losing your initiative. So they're, they're yeah. going to get first go. Again. So. Just so I, I understand, mm-hmm. if it if it turns out that there are multiple gladiators involved yep. in this fight, yep. could you potentially end up in that horrible situation where one person just ends up getting beaten down on by multiple other people? Yes. yes. So that's what I love <laughs> about this game. So <laughs> we had a really <laughs> we had a really interesting situation in our game, right? So normally gladiators, if if a primus is called where it's a two on two battle, yep. they're they're a team. They can't betray that. But there are some gladiators with unique abilities where they can change teams. And we were in a unique situation where Blake had the best gladiator in the game, Spartacus. <laughs> Did you stand up and say no? I'm Spartacus. We didn't say that all day. Oh, actually, I'm so disappointed. The joke, the joke is literally in, sitting right in, in, in I'm my Spartacus, God. and so is my wife. <laughs> in my defense, I haven't seen Spartacus. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Blake had the strongest gladiator. My cousin was on his team. He had a gladiator that could ch- change to- like teams and start attacking Spartacus. So I was like, Anthony. We can kill Spartacus now if we do it. If we backstab Blake, Blake already had some momentum in the game. He was going to win it. If we kill his best gladiator, that, that gives us a chance. But he wanted to, if you win the fight, you get a prestige point, an right, intrigue right. point as well. So Anthony yeah. wanted to win the fight. And I'm like, no, this is more important for table balance. But the reason he didn't listen to me was because I also was a gladiator that could change sides. Right. So he thought he was going to change sides and then I would change sides and be on the same team as Spartacus. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> You hundred percent would have. Done I wasn't that. going to. Oh, <laughs> I bitch. wanted to kill maybe Blake. Not, maybe, not the, maybe not the start, but if a couple of dice rolls didn't go, yeah, yeah probably yeah. Would have, immediately would have shifted back. Yeah. So the game. What I love about this game is the backstabbing happens right out of the gates. Right. Okay. Right. I literally showed a card to four other players and backstabbed my cousin because they all said, "Yes, you can do this." Okay. <laughs> love that it. was my first move. Um, so the backstabbing happens everywhere. There's reaction cards which happen when certain other things happen. So there's the sabotage and TI, um, like just other things, you know. In the auctioning phase, you can reduce someone's bid and 
things like that. So a lot of it is luck of the card draw, but there's so many cards in that deck. Mm. You you know you can't rely on certain cards to yeah. come out. Um, and the backstabbing in the arena phase was so funny. Yeah. Um, and my cousin Ants, well, I was already upset with him because he didn't betray Blake and <laughs> kill him. So there was a time where I think Blake and I were on a team and we were versing my cousin Ant and, and my brother, I think. Mm-hmm. Anyways, my cousin Ant was that same gladiator and he betrayed his teammate. So now it became a three-on-one. So it was me, Blake, and Anthony versus my brother. Oh, no. But what we did, Blake and I had stronger gladiators, faster ones. So we cornered... My cousin was just running away, and we cornered him so he couldn't run away anymore, and we made sure his gladiator died in the fight. (laughs) 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 We did it during the fight. We backstabbed him. So, yeah, this game can be brutal, but in the end, it's all done with table balance in mind. So you never have a player that runs away with the lead. Sorry, sorry, Demi. I was going to ask Ralph very quickly. Do you feel like this reignition of this game? It's just kind of like you know, you realize why you got into this hobby. Like, do yeah. you feel like you know it needs to get played again? You know? it definitely does. Uh, I played this game a lot. I played it with the wrong rules <laughs> as well for a very long it, time. It definitely seems like a game you can definitely house rule very easily. I think it needs to. Yeah. The rule book isn't fantastic. There's certain things where it happened during the game where I uh, think. Normally in the 2v2 battles, both the gladiators roll their speed dice and that team was to go first who, who gets the highest. But when there was three of us on the same team, we're like, and we wanted to corner my cousin, we're like, how's this work? And someone just said, what about each gladiator just roll speed dice individually and then do the turn order that way? And we're like, sure. <laughs> so we just rolled yeah. with it. I suppose if you're consistent um, across the board, then, you know, whether or not, yeah, you, it, at least it'll work. But a, a lot has to be said about some older games that aren't as tight if you will that they, they mm. have uh, they have wobbliness yes. about them and i know some people don't like that i know some people don't like win a game that can't be defined to the nth degree mm. in the rules but i kind of like that especially when you have high interaction games where a lot of the time the game is not what's happening on the table it's actually what's happening in the players yes. sort of above the table if you will that's right um where you do have a wobbly rule like that, and you know the typical thing, you probably you, you might check out board game game, see if someone's found a solution for it. But I don't think there's anything wrong in in particularly um, these sort of games where you just house rule it and you'll just say, hey, you know, let's do this for this mm. scenario. And I've done that a couple of times when the boys have said, look we just want to like let's learn by playing and i've said okay and then i'll be half an hour into a game and realized i've done stuffed up a rule but i've done it three times so i've said you know what that's the rule for this game and then at the end of the game i've said actually you know for that entire game we were doing this wrong this is how it has to work and we've had a couple times where the boys gone oh that makes a lot of sense now why that would be the Mm -hmm. case and then but like for that one game it's like it's fine yeah it's like you know so long as we're all playing the same the rules yeah like this is the first time i had you around my place for like a big game Mm. well like what did you think of spartacus i i love this game i need to play it again and again and again yeah it's Um, so good (laughs) i mean we keep coming back on, you know, podcast after podcast to theme. And, you know, obviously it's very strong. It's, it takes it from the TV show, which is quite yeah. popular. Um, but everything just works from the market phase to the backstabbing to the, the how much influence you have to, you know, team me up. And you know, I want to use your, your influence to help me play this card. Mm. Just everything sort of fits neatly into this nice, nice package that this game yeah. presents. Like you say, it's older. It's got that wobbliness to it. Um, it's definitely not 100% balanced. You know, there are definitely stronger dominances than others. Yeah, it's but, like the TI races. In but a way. nothing that, you know, you're going to come across playing casually, you know. If, if, yeah. Yeah. But, but again, if you have enough, if you have enough players at the table, um, again, just like TI, just like other games, similar ilk. There's one person walking away with it. It's the responsibility yeah. of everyone else at the and table that, to pile That's on, what I like. That's, that's what I like it. about and that's this what game. Yeah. Robin, yeah. this game took off to a very really good early good lead start, yeah. and the table took him down. That's it. <laughs> we did. Well, it. We did. And what's surprising about this game? This game started to come to a close, and I think me, um, Pat, and Anth were yeah, you're on vying so. for about ten or eleven points, or vying right at the end. And then in this last turn. Ralph and Rob both screamed up the point chart to be within one or two points. Right yeah, at the I was end holding when on to the game finish, yeah. so it definitely felt like we were all all within a chance. What I love about it is man. multiple people can finish a phase on twelve points, 
And then what you do is you count up all those players' assets and the players with the top two amount of assets, they do a fight to the death for, <laughs> for the match, <laughs> which I think is amazing. That's the best way to finish a game. Yep. Um, so this game, it came out in 2012, uh, around the time the first season of the show finished. Um, I'm a big fan of the show. The show has a lot of backstabbing in it and that really shines mm-hmm. in this board game itself. Um, three years later, it had a re-implementation with X-Men. Oh, so no. the theme is X Men wow. related. Um, I haven't played this version, um, but I believe just two years ago there was a reprint with like more cartoony graphics of okay. the Spartacus game yeah. as yeah. well. But it doesn't have the two expansions that the base game has. Okay, yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna. That was a, a good explanation about the reignition of an of an old flame into the roaring fire that was Spartacus. Blake, do you have any reignition of games that you've played other than Spartacus lately? Uh, look, I mean, being a fairly newer board gamer myself, and only starting within the last few years, I guess I don't have you know game from my childhood besides Amasil, which I've talked about endlessly. Mm-hmm. Um, which I haven't got around to playing. But I guess if we talk about from my start of my board gaming career, um, we did get a new one, an old flame to the table. My first game, Old Western Trail. Oh, uh, yes. We did have another game of that recently. Um, I think I still have the same problems that I've always had with it, but it's one of those, I think it's a comfort game for me. It's mm-hmm. one of those games that if it hits the table, I'm always down to play it. It's, um, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's I've got my issues with it, but it's just... So nostalgic, at the so moment. nostalgic. Yeah. I guess, yeah. From okay. humble beginnings. I love how the New Zealand variant is sheep. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did, did you Did you see the marketing on it though? No, I haven't. They They refer to them as cattle. Cattle. Oh. But so there's sheep, sheep cattle. Hundred percent a typo, but it's now publicised yeah. everywhere. Oh, the front it. cover is like pure sheep. It's so funny. <laughs> okay, so to fight to to end up, I'll like uh, finalise with my game. I think one of the games that. Uh, I wanted to bring up is Acquire. Um, and this was a game that I introduced, uh, I brought to um, one of the MacArthur board game meetups, which I did, but I also brought it out um, during uh, Goobicon. And it's one of those games that I played and I bought and I just, I played the absolute crap out of it for a good two years. And then it went into storage for about six. And then it came back out and I'm like, oh yeah, I should play that again. And as soon as I played, I went, oh, this is the game that replaces Monopoly for me. This is the definitive, like, it should it's be. It's so weird because it's not anything like Monopoly. No, but that's why I think yeah. it should because it's not, it's a game that's all about the idea of, like, making hotels yeah. and buying shares in those hotels and very simply just trying to just outmaneuver your your opponents. But you also mm. have a couple of, like, you have a couple of things in regards to, like, okay, well, I can put tiles on the board and hold on to tiles to, to wait for my moment and things like that. And I really dig that game and i really do think that from a standpoint of reignition that game went from being in storage to being on my shelves and actually having a prime part right smack well actually i just put spartacus back on my shelves (laughs) it was in storage for so long love it um and i do want to very quickly point out that one game that did fail to reignite its spark was uh, a couple weeks back when we played a katan for our gateway game of the week um yeah, it's uh, still smoldering in the ashes of the charcoal pit. Oh, I, you burnt it. I <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Meta- how, how does it do for kindling? Can we do a kindling uh, score on Qatar? It, it, look, it, it's not great when I'm trying to slow cook my meats, I tell you that. Well, the much. meeples are made out of wood, aren't uh, they? <laughs> you got wood no, cards. Look, I just want to say, look, I really do respect that game for what it is, but it is yeah. just not a game for me anymore. I really do. Like, I will play it uh, with new players to introduce them to the game, but if... Uh, yeah, it's it's just not it's just not for me anymore. I, I I look, I tried, I really tried, guys. I really just, yeah, I tried. <laughs> anyway, so given that we've had that uh, that chat, um, we are going to call it there for this evening. I do have a question for you guys. Oh though. yes, please do. I want to know from each of you and then our listeners, what is your desert island game? My desert island game. Yeah, easy one. Is this if I'm just trapped on a desert island? Just, and... You're just trapped on a desert island. You can take one game with you, no matter how big, how small. Um, what would you take? Oh, that's you know, a really... That's... Say, say there's like the faintest chance that you're going to bump into someone there too. Crocodile. <laughs> okay. Mage Knight. Mage Knight? 
My, my mind went Twilight Imperium and I went, I don't want to get sand in all the bits. This is ridiculous. <laughs> but you you wouldn't doing, have six people. No, like I've had the, I've had the wind incident of all, of all 20. <laughs> There's a few palm Twilight trees Imperium. on this island. I don't know what those cards go scattering on that <laughs> yeah. island. I just give me the, you know what? Yeah, I can no. also use the wooden board for crocodile in, in case in dire straits, I've got some wood that I can burn. Mage Knight because sensational game solo and worst comes to worst, the box is big enough to attempt to row. <laughs> that's, a great yeah, that's a great answer. Uh, yes, I might take Frosthaven just just because I could, I know that can support at least thirty kilos. Yes. <laughs> if I lose some weight, I'll be fine. Oh. What about you, Blake? Uh, well, I'm taking Dead Reckoning because I think if I imagine the pirate ship sails off the island, I might be able to get perfect. <laughs> it's, it's got a solo game, so in there and rolling those cubes down that. It's just endlessly entertaining. <laughs> you just, uh, just be on the island rolling dice constantly. <laughs> oh, God. All right. And with that, we're going to call it there. Go to www.boardgamegateway.com. Check out our website and our Facebook uh, page, uh, which the links are on our website. Go to YouTube and uh, type in at BG Gateway into the search bar. We will come up there. Go check out our videos, our shorts. We've got a lot, well, you know, YouTube shorts, not our actual shorts. Um, <laughs> we We've got a lot of stuff going on. It's a late night. Get off my case. Not that type of podcast, Uh, No, it's not. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us, guys. This has been episode number 30. Welcome, Damien, again, officially into the fold. We'd love to have you here. Thank you. And we're looking forward to seeing you next week in episode 31. Until then, see you next time, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye. See you.